Hi, this is Rick Thompson, the pastor at Living Water Community Church. This is our podcast, and I want to thank you for joining us today. I hope this message builds your faith and blesses you. Please enjoy it. Good morning, church family and friends and fellow Padawans and Jedi Knights in training. I want to thank you for sticking with us for this exciting series that we have entitled Star Wars, May His Force Be With You. And so far we we discussed the force of his hope for all of us as it relates to our resources, our nation, and yes, even our future. And we saw in the second one that we looked at, the force of his protection, his protection in our lives as we discover that God causes all things to work together for the good of those who love him. Can I get an amen on that one? But that one also comes with a caveat. He says, and are called according to his purpose. In other words, at some point we have to let go of what we want, our desires, our agenda, and pick up his. And he promises all of us that he will work things out. Well, last week, while reporting from the Alliance base, we saw the force of family as we learned we are stronger together and that God calls us to unite against our common foes. Why? Because a house divided cannot stand. He wants us to unite as a church. He wants us to unite under his vision, and he wants us to unite in love. Jesus, Jesus said that they, they shall know we are Christians by our love for one another. And again, it's important to know what banner to unite under, as we discovered last week that not all so-called good causes are God causes. Can I say that again? Not all good causes are God causes. In fact, in the story of the Tower of Babel, I don't know if I emphasized that enough, but at the time uh, when this took place, there was unity on the on the world, in, on the planet. In fact, the entire world was united, listen, in opposition against what God wanted. Now, let that sink in for a moment. Let that sink in before you jump into any type of unity movements on this planet, that it's, impo- it's possible for the entire world to be deceived. In fact, the Bible says in the last days, many of the world will be deceived with what's, with what's coming on the planet. And so it's important for us to stay close to the Good Shepherd. Amen? Amen. And so we should all look at that as a cautionary tale. And so today we're going to conclude by going all the way back to the beginning. In fact, so far back that right now, I am uh, giving this message from the planet Tatooine. Tatooine. I'm probably messing it up, but it's where Anakin and the Skywalkers, Luke, started their journey. And, and, and so today we're in a, what I call the prequel to the series that we just looked at. And the title of this message is The Phantom Menace. The Phantom Menace. And so today we're going to be discovering how to tap into not just the force of hope and the 
force of protection and the force of family. Today, we're going to be tapping into the, the force of freedom. Can someone say freedom? Whenever I hear the word freedom, I, I can't help but think of the Mel Gibson movie where he cried out, freedom! Well, that's what I'm talking about. But, but before I do, let me just, you know my routine on Sunday mornings. Um, I, I want to give you just a few jokes. Ready? What do you get when you cross an elephant with Darth Vader? What do you get when you cross an elephant with Darth Vader? An elevator. <laughs> I knew the kids got that one. Maybe the parents didn't, but the kids got it. Okay, watch this. Why do doctors make the best Jedis? Because a Jedi must have patience. <laughs> Someone just said, I heard you thinking. I don't get it. It's okay, just... Just ask your kids. They'll explain it to you. What did Obi-Wan tell little Anakin when he couldn't use his chopsticks? He said, Anakin, use the forks. <laughs> Come on, that's funny. I'm, I'm just saying. All right, so that's enough <laughs> of that. Speaking of Anakin... In these prequels episodes, it fills in the blanks of the origin of, well, spoiler alert, Darth Vader. And so Anakin is Darth Vader as a child. And we go back into his past and we go back into the skeletons of the pains of his failures and his disappointments that caused him to become who he eventually became, that caused him to take a walk on the dark side before he, he eventually found his salvation at the end of his life through his son, Luke. Remember, Luke, I am your father. And that's just another reminder that it's never too late. Amen? Someone say it's never too late. Never too late to get right. But the truth is it took years for that prequel to come out. In fact, when the original trilogy came out, it was in the 70s. It, the, the prequel wouldn't come out until 1999. That's another 20, over 20 years later before the, the next motion pictures would be, would be made to tell the backstory or, or, or his torturous history. Now, thinking about that, it occurred to me that, that the Bible does all of us a great service by not making us wait to hear the backstories of our heroes or even our villains, our, our sinners and our saints. And today we're talking about how to deal with those backstories, the, the, the painful things of our past, the phantom menaces, if you will, that have been buried so deep in the closets of our lives that, that we would absolutely freak out if people knew this is part of our history. This is part of our past. Now, I'm not talking about just finding forgiveness. I'm talking about walking in freedom. Anybody with me today? Anybody interested in what I've got to tell you today? Because there is a difference. Because the Bible tells me that when Jesus shows up on the scene 
and he actually takes root in our lives through the presence of the Holy Spirit. My Bible tells me that whom the Son sets free is free indeed. And Scripture says it's for freedom that he's come to set us free. But that freedom oftentimes comes at a price. It, it, it takes some more some work. Many times people will come on a Sunday or they'll call me up and they'll tell me some of their painful past uh, if they're at that point in their lives and they're expecting me to say a prayer and then all of a sudden, you know, the problems are going away. How many know that sometimes it's going to take some work? Amen? It's going to take some cooperation with the Holy Spirit in, in your life. Now, we'll talk about that in a moment. But once you start spending any time in the word, you're going to quickly become amazed at how the Bible treats its cast of characters because it doesn't just highlight their strengths. Again, it exposes their weaknesses as well for the entire world to see. And you don't have to go far. Just start at the very beginning in the book of Genesis with Adam and Eve. How many know that they had just one rule? (laughs) Don't eat from the tree. And it wasn't just a fail, it was an epic fail. They failed spectacularly. They had sons, Cain and Abel. Cain kills Abel. Moses, great leader. But the Bible reveals that Moses had an anger problem, which caused him not to walk into, to see the promised land, but not to walk into it himself. What about Rahab? Great woman, helped the spies. The Bible says she knew who the real God was. But the Bible doesn't even try to hide the fact that she was a prostitute. The mighty warrior David, pride, adultery, murder in his history. Amnon, next in line to the throne. That little gem, before I say this, you have little ones in the room. Listen, might want to cover their ears. But that little gem was a rapist, even of his own half-sister. The prophet of God, Jonah, we know he was selfish because the Bible tells us that he was willing to let a whole nation die because it inconvenienced him. Read the story when you get a chance. Samson, an incredible story about sexual addiction. How about righteous Sarah? Certainly it's only good things you can say about her. But if you read the story, she actually encouraged her husband to sleep with a Another woman to kind of help God out. And then yelled at the husband when he said yes, or as a result. Now, Abraham was that husband. Abraham, the father of faith, he does it. And in addition, he trusts God so much that he feels the need to lie about his beautiful wife, Sarah, twice so that he wouldn't get in trouble. Jacob explained thoughts the birthright from his brother Esau with the help of his mother, Rebecca. Judah, uh, this is a gem, the family lineage of Christ himself. His name means praise. Again, you might want to cover your ears or the ears of the precious little ones in the room. Judah gets his daughter-in-law pregnant. And then as an excuse, this is what he said. I I thought she was a prostitute. Let that sink in. Tamar, his daughter-in-law, 
dressed up like a prostitute to get him to sleep with her. Hophni and Phineas, preacher's kids, next in line to be high priests in the temple after their daddy Eli, while in the service of the Lord, oversees the, and participates in cheating and sex scandals with the women who came for worship. Those two were a real piece of work. How about who the Bible says is among the wisest men who've ever lived? Solomon, right? Wrote the Proverbs. Wrote stuff like, above all else, put on wisdom and guard your heart from sexual affairs. Solomon, 700 wives, 300 concubines. And then he let them worship other gods or idols in his midst. Let's move to the New Testament. How about impetuous Peter, who, 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 who the Lord is telling him on the eve of his, you know, the, the worst time of his life, the crucifixion says, you guys are going to deny me. And he stands up, he says, I will never deny you. And Jesus looks him in the eye and says, Peter, you will deny me three times before the rooster crows. And sure enough, that's happened. There was doubt in Thomas, Paul and Barnabas, responsible for some of the greatest missionary exports of all time. They get into a very public disagreement and they part ways while they're on the mission field, upset with each other, refusing to work with each other. Come on, somebody. And, and, so, and so the Bible is a very open book and, and God in his wisdom has seen fit to put on display not just for their, not just their accomplishments, but in his wisdom, he lets us see their failures. He lets us see the, their shortcomings. Now, the question is, why? Why do you think God allowed that? Well, I think it's obvious. I think, I think he's still in the business, and I love this, of using everyday average people like you and me. Can I get an amen? Again, if there's something that I'm saying that you agree with, I want you to, you know, join in. I know we are, you know, uh, remote right now, but you can join in in the comments. Say amen. Let us know that you're uh, paying attention. And so God uses everyday average people like you and me, listen, who have a past, who have a past. Everyone has a past. And don't let anyone treat you like, you know, somehow you're somehow different because of the failures that you have in yours. Now, that's, a, that's good to remember. I had to remind a few folks just this week as they were categorizing on Facebook the sins of other people. I had to say, you know what? You need to be careful when you're throwing stones, Mr. or Mrs. Self-Righteous. Isn't that what Jesus said? Let him who's without sin cast the first stone. And everybody had to drop their stones. Because the, my Bible says there's none righteous, no, not one. But apparently today, they didn't get the memo. There's a whole lot of, pe whole lot of self-righteous, self-absorbed people out there throwing stones. Not just figuratively, but they're literally throwing stones. Again, there's none righteous. No, not one. 
But reason number two is because, because he wants us to get to the place where we deal with the pain of our past, the phantom menaces, if you will, because if you don't deal with the pains of your past moving forward, that same pain has the ability to rob you of your future. Did you hear what I said? If you don't deal with what, the, the ghosts that keep haunting you, that's what the enemy is going to try to use in your life to keep you back. And so just like George Lucas eventually gets around to, to the telling of the, of the Anakin um, Darth Vader story from the past, Jesus, our great master, will more often than not go there to those areas of your life that have you stuck or have you on a loop or have you on a treadmill. He, he will go there not to embarrass you, but to set you free. Can I get an amen? We saw this with that wonderful story in the Bible of the woman at the well in the book of John. In John chapter 4, verse 1, it says the Pharisees heard that Jesus was gaining and baptizing more disciples than John. And although, in fact, it was not Jesus who baptized, but his disciples. And when the Lord learned of this, he left Judea and went back once more to Galilee. In verse 4, and this is the key verse, now he had to go through Samaria. He had to go through Samaria. And I preached on this before, and I want to pause just for a moment, not for prayer, but to establish that very important point once again, that, that passage of Scripture that says that Jesus had to do something. He had to go there. Because truth be told, when you think of Jesus and all of what the Bible says about him, listen, it says he is God incarnate. He's the incarnate of the, of the Father. He said, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. So he's God in human flesh. And, 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 and there's not a whole lot of places that, that God in human, in human flesh has to go, want to go, uh, chooses to go, but it doesn't say that. It says they had to go there. But in this story, again, the Bible says that's what had to happen. I mean, and we all know what happened there. In that story, he, he went, he, he ended up at a well, Jacob's well, where he saw a Samaritan woman. And the rest of his disciples went to get food, and it was just him and her. And while she was out there in the middle of the heat of the day, he turns to her and says, can you get me a drink? And she looks at him like he's got a third eye. First of all, because Samaritans don't talk to Jews, and Jews didn't talk to Samaritans, and men didn't talk to women, and Jesus was blowing up all those social norms when he asked her for a drink. Why are you, a Jew, asking me for a drink? And then Jesus responded in verse 10. Jesus answered her, If you knew the gift of God and who it is that asked you for a drink, you would have asked him, and he would have given you living water. Right about here, this is where I like to say, wow, that's a great name for a church. Just saying. Sir, the woman said, you have nothing to draw with, and the well is deep. Where can you get this living water? Are you greater than our father Jacob, who gave us the well and drank from it himself, as did also his sons and his flocks and his herds? And Jesus answered, everyone who drinks this water will be thirsty again. In fact, let that go off in your spirit, because Jesus is talking. She's uh, thinking about 
temporal, temporal or temporary things, and, and, and Jesus is about to drop something eternal on her. He says, this water, you're going to drink it, and then within probably three hours, you're going to get thirsty again. And, that, and if that doesn't describe what's going on in this world, because there's so many people drinking at the cisterns of things that will never satisfy over a long period of time. Drinking at the cisterns of affairs or, or addictions or, 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 or just foolish things that are happening in their lives and you have to keep going back because it's never going to satisfy. So he says, everyone, he says, everyone who drinks this water will be thirsty again, but whoever, verse 14, drinks the water I give him will never thirst. Indeed, the water I give him will become in him a spring of water welling up. Say it with me to eternal life. Verse 15, the woman said to him, sir, give me this water so that I won't get thirsty and have to keep coming here to draw water. And then he tells her, go call your husband and come back. I have no husband, she replied. And Jesus said to her, you are right when you say you have no husband. The fact is that you have had five husbands and the man you now have is not your husband. What you have just said is quite true. <laughs> oh, snap. Now, somebody forgot to tell Jesus that it's not polite to put people's business <laughs> out there like that. Come on, somebody. But the truth is, when this happened, it was just him and her. It was just the two of them. And Jesus did it for a reason. That is to say, unless you start to deal with the the phantom menaces or those demons of your past, you're not going to get that breakthrough of freedom that you need to move forward. Did, did this woman get a breakthrough? I promise you she did. In fact, that's your homework assignment uh, for next week or for this week. Read the rest of her amazing story, her testimony in John chapter 4. But she doesn't just experience forgiveness. This isn't just about forgiveness. By the time Jesus was done with her, she experienced a force of freedom that only Christ can give. Because, and why did she do it? Because Jesus wasn't beating around the bush. He says, let's deal with the five in one issue in your life. Listen, your problem, the reason why you're out here by yourself in the middle of the day when all the other women come out at the early they don't come out alone because they don't want to be accosted. They come out before the heat of the day. But you're out here in the middle of the day. It's your five-in-one issues. It's your problem. It's the fact that you, you don't have a husband. You've had five, and the dude you're with now belongs to some other. Let's talk about that. And, folks, a lot of people don't want to talk about that. They don't want to talk about the actual problem because in the story, right away, she wanted to change the subject. And that's exactly what we want to do. We don't want to talk about the affair that you're having even though you're a married man or you're a married woman. Famous someone, uh, uh, I just heard on the news, another uh, well-known Christian leader and his wife going down in flames because of affairs. You don't want to talk about the the addictions that's taking place because you've justified it by saying it's over the counter and the doctor's prescribing it. You don't want to talk about, you know, what happened to you when you were younger, 
the rape, or the molestation. And those are the things that nobody knows about, or maybe they do, but that's the stuff that the enemy keeps keeping you trapped in your mind, and, and, and it's a two steps forward and, and three or four or five steps back. No one wants to talk about the abortion because you've pushed it so far down, but it's something that you think about almost daily. In fact, so many of the women, so many of them are, are, are keeping time as to the age of how old their child would have been. Jesus wants to talk about it. Your five and one. What is your five and one issue? Again, so now I can almost hear someone thinking, oh, snap, Pastor Rick. <laughs> Pastor Rick is pulling a, 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 a Jedi mind reading trick on me. I mean, and, and I used to get that a lot when I'd preach and, and all of a sudden a, a, a subject would come up and, and then after I would preach a message, people were, People who, who would come to hear just a nice little message, they want a nice little Bible study, you know, about, you know, David and Goliath, and so that they can go back home. And, and then all of a sudden, somewhere in my message, the Holy Spirit takes, takes a hold of that message and smacks them right up, about, you know, right up against the head. And now they're upset because now I've gone from preaching to meddling in their minds and oftentimes I would get this over the 20 years. The, the, the husband would turn to the wife and say, why are you telling the pastor my, our business? Who, who told you? I had a guy literally come up to me after service. Who told you that? I'm like, well, you prepared that message just for me. That's not right. I'm like, no, I didn't. And if to the extent that it hits your five and one issues, I promise you it's not me. It's the Holy Spirit who's telling you that today is your day that he wants you to deal with your phantom menaces. Come on, somebody. Amen? And so that's what God did in terms of this woman at the well. And as a result of him doing that, her life, again, changed radically. She didn't just get forgiveness, but she got freedom. Read the story. We see this again with Peter, you know, remember him? Peter who denied Christ three times. In John chapter 21, now Jesus is risen from the dead. He's, he's told them, the ladies, to, to go call the disciples and go get Peter. And now they've all assembled, and, got, and Jesus is now talking to them. In John chapter 21, verse 15, it says, When they had finished eating, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you truly love me more than these? Yes, Lord, he said. You know that I love you. And Jesus said, feed my lambs. Verse 16, again, Jesus said, Simon, son of John, do you truly love me? And he answered, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. And Jesus said, take care of my sheep. Verse 17, and the third time he said to him, Simon, son of John, do you love me? And Peter was hurt because, because Jesus asked him three times, do you love me? And he said, Lord, you know all things. You know that I love you. And Jesus said, feed my sheep. And so the text reveals the hurt that's in Peter's mind and heart in, in responding to the Lord and asking him three times. And he's, and he's questioning, Lord, why are you asking me these three times? You know all things. 
Well, Peter was the one who stood up and said, everybody else might deny you, but I will never deny you. And how many times did, did Peter deny him? Three times. And so, and so Peter, knowing that Peter had failed miserably, again, he's deeply pained, and, and, and he's basically saying, good Lord, why do we have to go there? Why do we have to deal with that? And the Lord is saying, because if we don't deal with that, you're not going to get the freedom that you need. You need to understand, you need to understand, Peter, that unless we go back to the ashes of that night, you're, you're not going to know that as far as I'm concerned, it's done. It's finished. You are not only forgiven, you have freedom. Take up your cross and follow me. And we know that in those statements, he says, feed my sheep, feed my lambs, feed my sheep. That was the calling. It was a pastoral, apostolic calling. And we know from the history of the scriptures that Peter would never deny Christ again. In fact, when persecution came and it says the whole church scattered, Peter and the, and the disciples would never walk away again, even to the point where it cost them their lives. So God had gone there with his 501 issue, which was the failure of his past and his word. And God only healed him and delivered him, and he set him free. So why do we want to go there? Why do we want to deal with the, the phantom menaces? Because Satan is the accuser of the brethren. That's what the Bible says. Matter of fact, he's the head phantom menace. And unless you know that it's done, unless you know that that thing is taken care of, he'll use your past to rob you of your future. Turn to someone and say, don't let that happen. Don't let that happen. Because you're thinking to yourself, what if they find out? What if people know about this? And so for that reason, for that reason, we have Rahab, and we know that Rahab was a prostitute, all right? But even though she was a prostitute, God made her part of the family line of Jesus. Look it up. Then there's David. David was a giant slayer, but he screwed up royally. But my Bible says his, the love of God never left him, okay, never changed toward him. And he, too, is part of the family of God. In fact, where do you think most of these stories come from? Where do you think most of them come from? Most or the majority of the, the stories that we hear in the Bible, tell, when people uh, 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 revealed about people's stuff, come from the people themselves come from the people themselves. The, the, the devil, the accuser of the brethren, no longer had power over them because they weren't going to allow their past to rob them of their future. And so for the last few minutes in this, in this uh, series, as, we, as uh, Luke, uh, uh, George Lucas went back to the beginning to kind of let us know what was going on in the life of Anakin, for the... For, for the last few minutes in this series, I'm going to talk to you about how to defeat your phantom menaces, how to, how to make sure that they don't, uh, they don't destroy what God is trying to do in your life. The first thing is, and maybe it's just two things, number, number one is you have to face and accept the truth. You have to face and accept 
the truth. Stop hiding it. Don't deny it. Don't rationalize it. Don't justify it. Admit it. Admit it. Turn the light on of what's going on in your life. 1 John 1, 9 says, but if we confess our sins to him, he's going to beat us up. Is that what it says? No. It says he is faithful and just to forgive us. And not only forgive us, to cleanse us from every wrong. Can I get an amen on that? God is not trying to, to beat us up. He's trying to lift us up. He's trying to deliver us. And he's trying to set us on a firm foundation. John 8, 32. Then you will know the truth, and the truth shall set you free. That's a great one to memorize. All day. John 8, 32. Homework assignment. So when we walk in truth, it renders the accuser powerless. It renders the accuser powerless. And this is what Revelation 12.10 says. Then I heard a loud voice in heaven say, Now have come the salvation and the power and the kingdom of our God and the authority of his Christ. For the accuser of our brothers, who accuses them before our God day and night, has been hurled down. Amen? In other words, <laughs> devil, that's old news. That's old news, and, that, and that, that, that news is under the blood of Jesus Christ, which means that we're free. Freedom. Listen, your phantoms can be Satan's greatest weapon or God's most powerful tool in your life. In order to become God's most powerful tool, you've got to do the second thing. You ready? You've got to accept God's grace and reject the guilt. Accept his grace and allow the guilt to just dissolve away under the blood of Jesus Christ. In other words, you, you ask God to forgive you, and then you allow God to help you forgive yourself so the enemy will be ineffective in using it against you. My pastor used to say, when the devil keeps reminding you of your past, go ahead and remind him of his future. I, I saw somewhere that there's a lake of fire waiting for him. Amen? Again, I'm not talking about pretending it didn't happen, but, but by depending on the blood of Christ to wash away all your guilty stains, it's not a pretending, it's a pleading of the blood of Christ. It's an understanding that the, that the blood of Jesus took care of every single one of my sins, every single one of my, my failures. And guess what, everyone? Newsflash. We all have them. There's none righteous, no, not one. We all have things that we're ashamed of, things that we, that we wish we didn't say, wish we didn't do, things if we could, if we could change it, we would. Okay? They're, they are there. But, when, but, but under Jesus Christ, under the blood of Jesus, he doesn't want those things controlling you. It's not that it didn't happen. It's under the blood. It's paid in full. And so now, once I've submitted to Christ and it's under the blood, now God treats you just as if it didn't happen. Why? Again, because it's been washed away. It's been thrown from... For as far as the east is from the west, 
My Bible says it's, it's been thrown into the sea of forgetfulness. The problem with most of us is, and what the devil will have you do, or even some, you know, friends who think they know you from the past, they want to go deep sea fishing. And they want to start dragging up that stuff again. Listen, if it's buried in the sea of forgetfulness, let it stay there. It's been paid in full. Ephesians 2, 8 and 9. For it is by grace you've been saved through faith, and this not from yourself. It is a gift of God, not by works, so that no one can boast. 1 John 3, 1 John 2, 1 through 2. My dear children, I write this to you so that you will not sin. But if anybody does sin, we have one who speaks to the Father in our defense. Come on, somebody. Who do you think that one is? It tells us who it is. If you mess up, there, there's not someone there saying that, that big dummy. The, 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 the Satan is the accuser of the brother. Look, he messed it up. He messed up again. She messed up again. She blew it. And God is over there. Yeah, but they belong to me. And, and, and that mistake is under the blood. I paid it all. Paid in full. Paid in full. That's why we plead the blood. That's why we acknowledge the grace that God provided through his son, Jesus Christ. Amen? He is our, it says, he's the one that, I write this to you so that you will not sin, but if anyone does sin, we have one who speaks to the Father in our defense, Jesus Christ, the righteous one. He is the atoning sacrifice for our sins, and not only for ours, for, but also for the sins of the, of the whole world. And it speaks not in past tense, it's present it's, he's our ever-present help in times of need. And so as I walk through this life, listen, his, sin may abound, but his grace is even more powerful in my life. Amen? And he's always standing on the right hand of the Father. You have a friend who's closer than a brother who's interceding for everything in our lives. And he wants us to succeed. And he wants us to have freedom. It's like the story I heard about the pioneer family who found themselves caught in the shifting winds of a devastating and destructive prairie fire. And, and, and they couldn't outrun it, and they couldn't, and it threatened to engulf their entire family. And so the father quickly saw a large patch of previously scarred land close by. And so he quickly gathered his family, and they ran to that patch. Come over here now. And they huddled down as the, as the fire was raging forward, and the blaze came through, and, and it burned up everything around them except the ground that had been, that had been uh, uh, previously charred, sparing his family from certain doom. Now, friends, that's exactly what Christ did for every single one of us. When he took the penalty for my sins and your sins and he put it on the cross, he, 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 he gave us a place to stand in him that would be shielded from the certain destruction that we all deserve, but he already took the brunt of it and it's coming our way. It's coming our way. And it's only in Christ that we can avoid it. And not just avoid it, listen to me, that because we've been placed in Christ, we have the ability now to start over entirely as a brand new creation or with a brand new life. That's a beautiful, beautiful gift that God offers to every single one of us. Hebrews 7, 24, but because Jesus lives forever, listen, he has a permanent priesthood 
Therefore, he is able to save completely those who come to God through him because he always lives to intercede for them. (laughs) Folks, Jesus is always on the job. And part of his job is when you come to him and he sees that the enemy has his, his hooks in you, he sees that there are phantoms menacing your life, he will go there, not to embarrass you, only so that you can be set free. Why? Because he loves you. And he wants you and I to walk in the, in the freedom and the forgiveness that he offers to the world. Amen? There is, there is, there is um, hope that, uh, for freedom for every single one of us who will submit our lives and trust in him. He doesn't just want us to, to, to experience a little bit of forgiveness. He wants us to experience it all. What about you today? Have you acknowledged that you are a sinner and that you need a Savior? Have you come to the place where you've um, recognized that you've got some phantoms menacing your life, tormenting you? Well, the way to get rid of that is to admit that they're there and then turn over your life to the grace that God provides. Not the guilt, but the grace. And that grace can only be found in Jesus Christ. That's why he came. Whom the Son sets free is free indeed. Do you want it? Well, if that's you today, it would be my privilege and my honor to just lead you in a prayer of submitting to the King of kings and the Lord of lords and the greatest master ever because our master, our king, every other king on this planet, the subjects serve the king. With this king, well, he laid down his life for his subjects. (laughs) Amen. He laid down his life for you and for me. So if God is through his Holy Spirit is tugging, tugging at, the, at your heart. Don't let one more day go by. Bow your heads and close your eyes right now and say something like this from a broken and contrite heart. Humble your heart. He says, if you humble yourself and draw near to him, he'll draw near to you. Say something like this. Heavenly Father, I come before you and I declare I need you. I want you. I give you permission to deal with the five-in-one issues in my life. Now, listen, as God reveals that to you, and for some of you, you know what they are because it's the same things that you've been getting convicted over as as I've been preaching. Whatever it is, an affair, pornography, whatever it is that's going on, God is not bringing it up to bring you down. He's bringing it up to set you free. Cast it on him. Tell him that you need help. Ask him to set you free from these things. 
Come into my life, Lord. Forgive me for these sins. I repent of it. Give me the strength to not go back to it. I receive your grace, your forgiveness, and your love from this day forward. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Thank you so very much for listening to this message. We hope you were truly blessed. If you were, please subscribe to our podcast if you haven't already and share it with a friend. Doing so will cause the seeds of God's word and the message of his love to spread like wildfire. So thanks again for partnering with us in this important way. Stay thirsty for Christ, my friends, until the whole world hears. God bless.